Yeah, I don't know, man. You ever just feel like life is just catapulting towards like, some greater purpose? The only DJ crazy enough to tattoo Jackie Brown on his ass. This is Michael Mann, and I ride with extended clip. And all my issues went away. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I meant audio issues. And You're all taking my it easy. You don't have it. Yeah. I. How many issues do you have? I could give you a laundry list, but I- issues of what <laughs> Nintendo power? <laughs> <laughs> that could that would be a problem if that was on the yeah. list. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know why Nintendo Power is the magazine I reached for it's there. Really like, funny. That's I good, that's good. I, I could that's a magazine. See, I could never see Malcolm read Nintendo Power. As he just said, he didn't even know what it was. <laughs> I thought you were like like I'm reaching for like the power plug to my Nintendo. That's that's what I thought you were getting at. Like I, I didn't yeah, I'm, I'm not no, even kidding. That's no, weird. No, yeah. I was a, into the GameStop magazine. That's the only gamer magazine yeah, I know. It's the the one that magazine. like they force you to subscribe oh, to, yeah, to yeah, save no. one dollar on a video game and then your mm-hmm. mom gets mad at you yeah exactly you remember when your mom gets mad at you <laughs> uh so one of the scariest things that can happen is when your mom gets mad at you but probably even scarier than that is meeting dracula uh today it is our second to last episode of october and we are talking about 1931 todd browning's dracula starring Bela Lugosi. Uh, this is an iconic movie, a movie that I will admit the first time I watched it, I didn't really like it. I thought it was boring. I thought it was a dud. I thought it was. I thought it stunk. I thought it was crud. Oh. <laughs> so it was. It was two thumbs down. Yeah. For, no, not really. Like, I, uh, I, I kind of just one thumb it, down. I, I kind of just thought one. it was okay, honestly. <laughs> uh, but then this time, I loved it. I, I loved it. I think it's because I probably watched it on TV on a shitty, you know, fuzzy uh, public domain rip, you know, and then this Ooh. time watching from that uh, the 4K transfer because Universal had that 4K box set, I think two years ago by now, of all those Universal monsters. Uh, and I, I really think, like, as an aesthetic object, it's fantastic. It, it's not as good as the other universal horror movies to me but like in terms of cinematography set design the way that browning uses those elements as a director is just fantastic uh jt you picked dracula why would you pick such a scary man uh i don't i wanted to make all of us very afraid um but even more than that it it, i have the 4k universal box set um i've rewatched like frankenstein uh, watched Wolfman for the first like I, those are all more recent in my memory and I was like okay I like Dracula but I feel like it's low lowest tier universal like uh, monster movies I mean I haven't seen the is the mummy universal yes uh, but that I it, now I'm gonna fact check myself here but I feel like the mummy comes later with the Wolfman in like the early 40s but I could be wrong it's there. hard to uh, for me to sort out the timeline there but the Wolfman is in that box as well I don't know for me uh Bride of Frankenstein uh James Whale is the peak that's like best one yeah I love um, that one Sorry, just saying, The Mummy was 1932. That is part okay. of the original cycle. Uh, I think The Wolfman is the only, like, 
starting like or origin story if you will uh from that cycle that comes a lot later on other otherwise it was like sequels and stuff but sorry continue it's all good um yeah no and i todd browning's the man like i <laughs> love freaks uh we covered uh, the unknown and that was amazing and uh i was like this dude has his chops like i want to see sort of sort out why i feel i do about dracula um, and I totally agree with you, Eddie, like aesthetically, it's just all like so sick, like, uh, everything about like the best, uh, so the thirties horror movies have these just intense, like looming atmospheric sets and Browning's like direction is really like, I mean, small, but pretty slick and, uh, Lugosi's performances is, is really fun. Obviously there's a lot of stuff that kind of makes it a little dry. I mean, I think generally with those universal horror movies, things are going to be a little slow to some extent. Yeah, a little on the campier side, and it's like a kind of weird dissonance between the genuinely, like, masterfully artful, uh, like, art design of the whole thing and, like, the gothic imagery and everything and the the creepy camera work and uh, the early sound design. And then you're also going to have bats that are, you know, floating on a string made on paper. <laughs> yeah, and no, but like, there's a lot to love there, too. No, exactly. It's just, it's a strange distance because it's not all fake. It's not like Ed Wood movies where the sets are going to fall apart. These are like, you know, Universal wasn't, like, they weren't making the biggest movies at the time, but these are real deal fucking movies. And yeah. mm-hmm. the, the sets are really fucking elaborate in, in this one in particular. Yeah, no, watching, and I hadn't seen this before, but I think like the both of you, I've seen like the classic pre-code James Whale horror movies, uh, you know, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, I think that's pretty much where my knowledge of these kind of older uh, horror movies go, to be honest. But just watching this, this this felt super high budget for the time. Like, uh, like uh, just you know the 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 set of like uh, you know Transylvania and kind of uh, the big house that you know most of the movie takes place in. Um, yeah, like the set design looked really like high grade. And then I think I watched the 4K master as well, and I think that really um, helped you know accentuate those details. Just seeing how how nice everything was and you know kind of as looking at this movie through um the lens of like todd browning it is like this does kind of feel like you know a universal picture maybe more Mm -hmm. so than a browning picture but i think like you said everything's really professionally done like the cinematography has like its eerie moments and um you know there's some strong moods established established completely without music which i think is you know the big reason (laughs) Like, people kind of give it, like, this dryness. The movie kind of is dry because, like, I don't know, like, the character of Lugosi himself, you know, he talks very slow and, you know, is, is uh, like, vaguely and there's a lot of passages everyone. with no dialogue at all, too. True. Yeah, exactly. So, I think kind of, like, this, the character of Dracula himself without, like, the music or, you know... Coppola's spin on it, you know, without the sexy craziness of it, of it all, he is kind of just a slow kind of, uh, looming villain. And I think, uh, you know, this movie without its music kind of helps establish, uh, that aspect of Dracula. 
Yeah, I think the lack of music totally is what separates it from the kind of campy side of the Universal Monster movies, like the the James Whale approach versus the Todd Browning approach. Um, I think this one, there are certain very intimate moments that really do feel like Browning's other stuff we've talked about, whether it be the unknown or where East is East, where these are movies where Cheney is just like demented, you know, and you're yeah. getting into a headspace of being fucking demented. And there are certain moments in this film where you feel that, you know, whether it's like the, uh, the really painful slow fade outs on Dracula's actual bites or kills or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, like it's really weird how slowly he approaches these girls. And like, obviously certain horror audiences would be like, Oh, it's so corny. Get out of the way. You dumb bitch. You know? Uh, but it's like, to me that makes it so much more horrifying that Lugosi is taking 10 seconds to move one foot you know uh as the as the uh the fade out like so slowly creeps in and everything and you just have silence for like a minute straight almost and i i think that adds so much to the almost interiority of it bill Lugosi's performance it's like i don't know how you can achieve interiority with him doing this gigantic monster performance but i really think it is possible i think it's through the way that Browning and the cinematographer light his face, you know, that weird slatted box lighting that you get on his <laughs> eyes is like incredible. And it's because it's a black and white movie and it's in dialogue that they say he has these burning red eyes. So it's like, you have to just use lighting to demonstrate that his eyes look fucked up and crazy. And I, I love all those shots where he just has like, such nothingness behind him like it's so uh you know um the cinematography is so low light in those shots of Lugosi where it looks like it's either nothing or infinity darkness behind him and it just I don't know it's not terrifying in the way that's like I'm so scared I'm gonna have nightmares about Dracula <laughs> he's gonna get me um I I just think it's like a total aesthetic achievement in the horror genre. Yeah, no, it's just sort of slow, creepy, and haunting. And I do think, like, that is... And, I mean, obviously, Whale is a director that goes, like, a little bit uh, bigger uh, than Browning. But with this mode of... Uh, like early 30s like horror there is like sort of that slow creeping quality to it like this again i feel like remind me a lot of the old dark house in that sense and then again they're just moments of uh like when we're first introduced to dracula and the little his coffin tomb there's that like slow little camera move of the coffins opening up and the other like the ghoulish women that are with him there those moments those like, are his wives okay okay <laughs> <laughs> um yeah polygamy is the scariest thing of all um yeah dracula's I don't poly care. people don't people sleep on that aspect yeah I don't care if they're dead or alive or in between. You can't have more than one wife. Come on. <laughs> um, but like little things like that, like just that, I don't know, creepy foreboding atmosphere make up for the fact that like, I don't know, no, no one is shitting their pants to Dracula. Yeah, yeah, and I think maybe you do though if you're like a kid seeing that. True, true. Like, yeah, or you're just like, or you're in the a wrong senior that's just watching yeah. this to relive <laughs> memories of. Yeah, you're well, like. I remember when, when life used to look like that. Like, was this like a thing from my childhood? You know, they get like confused when they see the old black and white movies. 
They're like, I think I remember Dracula was like my dad's friend growing up or something, I swear. In the rest, you know, when they really He was always just hanging out outside the front door waiting for me to open it. And I was like, I'm not going to let you in, dude. I'm not going to invite you in. It's like a fool's errand. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that this film's weaknesses are when it leans more into the conventions that you need it to have to make a 75 minute somewhat commercial uh, horror movie. And it's at its strengths when it's like more atmospheric and slow. Yeah. Uh, and Lugosi's performance, like it's so big, but still so fitting with the atmosphere. I think that's just like a magical thing of cinema. And apparently he would just walk around set looking into a full body mirror going, I am Dracula. <laughs> no, I mean, watching, watching this movie, I, I was like, damn dude, I got to act more like Dracula. Like Dracula's pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, no. Like Dracula does have a swag to yeah. him. No, that's like a part of the, like the Dracula thing. Like, you know, he's low key seducing this guy's, you know, wife, this uh yeah Mina. of course yeah and uh i i don't know i just but i like that like i don't know he he acts so strange it's funny that like mm. people are like oh dude dracula is so mysterious and attractive <laughs> and it's like hello i have something to reveal to you all you know? <laughs> yeah and um no and i love uh lugosi's performance because as big as it is there's like some restraint here like i feel like yeah. you could go like just lay it on too thick and he really kind of holds back and i think this movie kind of um you know i think this movie does a lot of restraint i mean i think a lot of it maybe has to do maybe with the time but this is a pre-code movie so maybe mm-hmm. they could have uh done more but it's like I, I i do kind of notice you never really see dracula you never see the teeth pierce the skin yeah. right you know what i mean you see like dracula like bending over a bed and i don't know i think those are like some good you know uh like, you know, working within this framework of, like, an older horror movie, like, I, I like, you know, using restraint kind of, like, artistically. And I don't know, it's kind of funny that I think you mentioned earlier, yeah, like, this is a movie that, like, chugs off its, like, atmosphere. And, uh, yeah, just, like, a, like this is not for, like, the horror t-shirt crowd, you know? Like, or mm-hmm. when you said, like, get out of the way, dumb bitch, don't let them bite you, you know what I mean? Not enough, not enough blood moments or, or kills, maybe, for the... The average horror t-shirt wear but uh no i think i think that's where you know i think browning is working within you know what's expected at the time and doing something very uh um artistically minded with it i think browning always has that kind of restraint and like passivity mm-hmm. almost like uh i was looking earlier and i know in uh where east is east felipe Furtado on letterboxd said that uh it's the most uh passive Lon Chaney and Todd Browning movie which makes it the most sadistic and it's like you kind of just have to fill in the gaps on some of those movies where it's like you've seen such depravity that he'll let stuff happen off screen because you know you're going to imagine it even worse it's like the Val Luton cat people thing you know Uh, it's a great principle to go by for 30s and 40s cinema especially when you can conjure such an atmosphere of horror that certain imaginations are gonna you know imagine more horrifying things than the director even would it's like perfect for viewer projection and uh, even the stake through the heart to kill Dracula at the end is completely like backgrounded it's Mm -hmm. like there's so much stuff happening in the foreground you hear the dink and it's in the background (laughs) and then you hear Dracula is dead forever Uh, we'll see about that (laughs) 
Well, I'm glad you uh, brought up uh, Felipe Furtado's review of that other Browning because I, I really liked his review uh, for Dracula, and he brings up, I don't know, just the general, like, kind of what we've been talking about, where I feel like Dracula has kind of, aside from the Lugosi performance, has sort of like a weaker uh, rap, and he feels like it's it's more so the script, certainly, than uh, Browning's direction, which... Uh, it was adapted from like some type of a stage play version of it. And I really do think like, I don't know, the moments it's at its worst are those sort of like standing around kind of them in the, especially when they're like in England too. That set is just like not as elaborately designed. When it's people talking in rooms, I can excuse it when the room is in Dracula's castle. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) The room's got to look cool. Um, yeah, but all the the van the van or were you finished, JT? I'm sorry. Yeah, I was done. Oh, okay, well, yeah, I think I mean a lot of it is like the Van Helsing scene. I think the Van Hel- like all the performances are very good. Like even the aside from Lugosi, but kind of like yeah, just Van Helsing being like I really you know like there's some cool moments where he like he doesn't notice Dracula in the mirror, but when he's kind of just like explaining transylvanian lore to them you know that that is when it gets a little bit boring and i think that's what people are talking about when you know they they say this movie is a little more dry and boring but i think it being a short movie i don't know i feel like i could there are definitely some scenes that are a little bit boring but i feel like there's not too much of them yeah you know what i mean exactly not at all i i don't think it's like those people talking in room scenes it's like you're either getting the essential exposition or not much more it's only a 75 minute movie and it's like yeah, it moves fast enough. I mean, you mentioned the other performances. I really like uh, the Renfield yeah, in this. Oh, yeah. I that's so sick. When he comes back, like to the castle after the second time, and he's like, he walks in on uh, Van Helsing, like explaining everything. Yeah. his whole disposition is so fucked up. Like his eyes are so bugged out, and he's just like almost panting. And it's like as if he was just a wolf two seconds ago, you know. Uh, and he's just like. I don't know him doing that him thirsty for the blood of insects is just so funny and I I love how frisky Redfield is (laughs) Redfield like you're mentioning you know I kind of made the point earlier that maybe this is a little less Todd than most Todd you know movies but I think the Redfield character obviously he's like a character you would find in any other Browning movie and he's very you know gesticular like he's very expressive like you know we know these Todd Browning characters to be. And I think the whole Renfeld aspect really adds like, I mean, I guess this is in the original book, right? Or something like that. But um, uh, it adds an interesting fold to, you know, what would be kind of, uh, you know, a traditional kind of uh, maybe like spooky house type movie or whatever. But Renfield, like the first like 10 minutes being like dedicated to Renfield and him becoming like a you know a Dracula slave or whatever and then he somehow pops up back in, in the narrative and yeah he he adds a a layer to the plot that makes it a lot more interesting absolutely uh JT you brought this one to the table it is your final horror pick of the season any final words about this movie any final words about the season actually we'll save that any final words about this movie before we move on um, yeah, I don't know. Dracula, do you want me to drop the bullet rating as well? Absolutely. Uh, it is three and a half bullets for me. Uh, yeah, no. This was a fun thing to venture into. I feel like 
the universal horror movies and like 30s, uh, 40s horror is something that I've grown more to appreciate with time. I think like when you're obviously getting into horror, like they're like big staples. They're like in the canon. Like I feel like people know and respect them. But when you're a young buck, you want blood and guts and sex and tits and blood <laughs> and guts. Um, but only one pair of tits. <laughs> I, I found another pair of tits in there too. Um, but yeah, you you want all that stuff uh, from horror, and it's like I, in general, I'm not like I don't know that sort of gothic mood is not something I really look for in other art. Like I'm less interested in that type of like horror novels and writing. But like on screen, there's something just really powerful, and especially when like you're dealing with like masters like Browning or whale who are just so good at having these just like elaborate productions and just sort of slow creeping camera movements. And again, getting really spectacular performances out of, uh, uh most of the cast like here, we didn't mention, uh, I mean, we mentioned a little bit Mina, but like when she's sort of like under the allure yeah. of Dracula, those are really just like haunting moments. And, uh, yeah, no, there's enough cooking here with atmosphere. Again, the weaknesses of it aren't, like, all that much. And it's, it's a tight 70 minutes. It's yeah. uh, very good. Uh, Malcolm, your turn. My turn. All right. Yeah. Three and a half bullets as well. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I had a really, like, fun time, you know, with this movie. Like, it, it just... Uh, um, I think like the like the character Lugosi Dracula, she's just a it's such a compelling performance, you know what I mean? And I think um, the movie kind of balances it out well, you know what I mean? Like you can't have him on screen all of the time because maybe the, the charm wears off or something like that. But you want a good amount of him, you know, you want a certain dose. And I think, you know, maybe just despite uh, a couple, uh, you know, less interesting scenes, I think the movie finds a good balance in that and there's other great interesting aspects and performances to enjoy and yeah i don't know this 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 got me in the mood like the this got me in the mood for the halloween horror season like more than any other horror movie i feel like i've watched this month Ooh, I, I really haven't I like been, that i really haven't been watching that many horror movies i guess you know maybe maybe like five or six over the month but still it's just like i don't know just just has kind of like that traditional feeling but it's also like fun but i think it has a little bit of scariness to it it's like that is like kind of you know not to get too uh holiday-ish but uh that is get as holiday-ish <laughs> as you want i'm not i don't want to be like a guy who's into holidays or anything like that but, uh, <laughs> not really the place of a man uh, but uh no i think that's that's like halloween right it's like a balance of like fun and scary ideally and you know this is it got me in that mood so uh yeah, I want to I want to see more I, I kind of want to watch more Legosi movies after this too cuz I realized I haven't exactly dug into the filmography there. So, yeah, this this got me in a good mood. This got it's got it's got me buzzing. What about you, Eddie? Oh, I'm absolutely buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'm buzzing. That's what that's, uh, that's what I'm talking about. You Oh, I was going to ask if you've seen The Black Cat. We did an episode on it. Amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's probably my favorite Lugosi performance is the Absolutely. Black Cat. But actually, I don't yeah. know, the Dracula performance is amazing, too. It's, like, hard to beat that. That's true. It's, Black Cat's a better movie, but the Dracula performance is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Black Cat's a better movie, for sure. But this one, the, the set design is amazing. That insane, huge staircase, that giant vertical shot, super wide, super tall, like... 
uh, when Renfield and Mina and you know Dracula are running up and down it like that. That's one of the coolest images out there. And uh, I don't know if we're if we're I'm going three and a half bullets on this. Uh, I think it's a very good movie. If we're talking the Universal monster movies, like. Obviously, Black Cat was by Universal, but I wouldn't put that in the same cycle. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like an offshoot, and it ha- it's like the uh, the Hobbs and Shaw of its day uh, with both, <laughs> both uh, Bella yeah. and Boris. Um, but yeah, Bride of Frankenstein would probably be my favorite. But if I'm talking about the monsters themselves, I might go Drac. Dracula is like such a cool guy, you know. Yeah. Like he's I don't you know the creature from the Black Lagoon. He's a little seductive with it. You know, Guillermo <laughs> del Toro kind of teased that out in the uh, the Shape of Water, uh, which I Wait, don't know. Wait, is this ranking the scariest or the one how you'd fuck them? <laughs> like whether or not you'd fuck them? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's more of admiration of their game. It's not whether I would. I'm a married man here. I'm not having sex with no yeah, Dracula. No, of course, of course. It's We're more just like hypotheticals here. It's less, it's less, you know, who's sexiest to him, but who he'd want his daughter to date. You know, okay. I don't know about that. No daughter of mine dating no vampire. Your daughter brings home the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> Me and JT just doing the Bad Boys 2 prom date thing. <laughs> to the creature. I'm going to do that to He's so sad. I'm going to do that to my, my, my son's prom date. Nice, like, you, yeah. better, you better not... Do anything with him tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you better ask get- her if she's a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Better be home right after prom. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I. I really like this one. I. I think Dracula is the best and, and most sexual of the Universal monsters. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, he's got appeal. I. I'm, I think I'm with you. I think. Frank I mean, is, that's Frank why is- Coppola took it in the direction he did, but I find the Coppola one, frankly, unbecoming. Uh, a little too, <laughs> a little too outwardly sensual for my taste. Shame for shame, yeah. Coppola. Yeah, a little too risque for me. <laughs> I love that movie, but um, yeah, Frankenstein's a fucking idiot, man. Like fuck, for, I, like, 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 I like Frankenstein. No, he's, like the movies are good, but it's like, who'd you want to chill with? Like Dracula all the way. Like Frankenstein's like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> Frankenstein's <laughs> just going the whole time. It's like at least Dracula's like, I invited you here to share a meal. That's at least a little bit me- better. Honestly, dude, <laughs> if I'm getting on his good side, I'm running mad game with the Invisible Man. Oh, I, I don't. I don't want to know what that means, man. I don't. <laughs> oh, invisible no, Man. Invisible only good. Man. We're making money. We're making yeah. money. Okay. Well, that's yeah. that's still not. It's still bad to steal oh, from I don't, people. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of possibilities if you're an Invisible Man. That's. I mean, that's what? that. That you could make the scariest movie of all time called The Invisible Man, and just go crazy with that prompt. You could really I think Verhoeven already did with Hollow <laughs> Man. Yeah, Hollow Man. I need to check that out. I haven't seen. That. Oh, Hollow Man is sick. I wouldn't we say do that soon. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like best Verhoeven, but it's his like nastiest and really? cynical. It, like okay. it goes in the directions you're thinking with an Invisible Man. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, well, no. he makes I mean, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. What no, have. no. The directions <laughs> Malcolm think is thinking of, <laughs> not. <laughs> Putting banana peels on the sidewalk? What, what, what am I thinking of? <laughs> we'll be right back on Extended Clip. 
Dracula. The very mention of the name brings to mind things so evil, so fantastic, so degrading. You wonder if it isn't all a dream, a nightmare. Dracula. Dracula. I watched one last night with my daughter where you guys went to Romania. Oh, went wow. went to Dracula's castle. Yeah. Dracula. You ever get fucking really scared? Yeah, little kids are vulnerable. Dracula. Oh my God, what a great monster movie, though. Like, what a great character. And he lived in coffins and shit, and he was on a boat. Dracula. Yeah, little kids are... Vulnerable. Dracula. Baby, you ever get fucking really scared? Dracula. Yeah, little kids, 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 Dracula. My God, what a great monster! No hell, no. Dracula. I still think Nosferatu to this day is one of the coolest vampires ever. Baby, it's slow. Dracula. When lights go low. Dracula. There's no help, no. Dracula. I still think Nosferatu to this day is one of the coolest vampires ever. He's driving oh my God. I was I was like taking a walk earlier today and like mm-hmm. I don't think my neighbors had these like like four months ago, you know, when I was here. They have like these new security cam systems. You know, this isn't exactly new, but like and like like I'm walking on the sidewalk and they're like we are recording you just to let you know. Oh yeah, yeah. no, yeah. I've definitely fuck. I don't know where. I think it was out in L.A. where I encountered those the most, and it's just yeah. like, whoa, 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 settle down, buddy. It, it gives yeah. me a jolt just because it's just like, I don't know. You're not expecting that, but totally. Like just, my my neighbor has one, and it's like it's like an, an annoying woman's voice. It's like, like hello, just so you know, like we are recording you or something like, that. and it's just like. Jesus Christ! Like it's like uh, like if I'm walking up to my door, like I feel like it, uh, like it senses me from their garage door to the. I don't know, man. That's that's a what happened to pedestrian law, you know? I know I mean? Yeah. What ha- what happened to just being a good neighbor to a Ex- friendly neighbor? Too. Just it's I'm standing behind the door, just so you know, I'm recording you. But it's because I like you so much. <laughs> like uh, I'm just big... being a good neighbor. I just want to see. I'm trying to see everyone in the in the neighborhood. Just put put faces to names and things like that. So true. True. Fuck. Honestly, like fuck all these like like mini cams. Like I only respect security if you have like a full analog like '80s movie, '90s movie setup where you got like oh yeah, just twenty cameras, set wall of TVs. Yeah. You're just sitting there, just like watching everyone in the neighborhood with a control room. That's security I respect. Not these mm-hmm. thirty-five dollar, you know, security cams. Man, I need a full system. That's that's very Santa Clarita. I have oh to yeah, say. no, it's that's I mean, like the because I mean people have long made the connection between like people who have those ring cameras on their doors and. 
you know, citizens app and basically wanting a security state. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's very common. It's it, the craziest thing. My neighbor, one flight below me has one. That's insane. It's like, like in it, like a secure build where you have two doors. I have that lock. two locked doors and then it's a walk up. And then on the third flight of the walk up, this lady has a ring camera. I'm like, wait, so you're just watching me and my fiance come home every day. Like just walking by your door. I, I don't really packages. Don't go up there. Mail doesn't go up there. Nobody goes up there except the people who live there. Weird. I truly don't get it. Christmas um, gift. Oh, they got it as a Christmas gift. I mean, yeah. That's the most charitable yeah. read, I guess. <laughs> At first, I thought you meant she was waiting for a Christmas. <laughs> waiting for Santa. Santa. Yeah, yeah she's yeah, trying to yeah, catch I have, Santa. I have the ring cam set up Santa. so I can catch Santa. <laughs> Dude, do you know how many kids would probably try to catch Santa yeah, with put, a ring cam? Putting ring cams in the chimney. Yeah, that's. Sick. I, I like that. Like all of that was communicated just by me saying Christmas. <laughs> 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 Christmas you guys for sure. Changing changing holiday gears. Yeah. Did you guys ever try to catch Santa? No. Um, no. <laughs> it was a I, there. Wait, accepted the mystery like a serious man. <laughs> no, dude, this is this is true. This sounds like a made up story, but it's a hundred percent true. I remember when I was like seven years old, pretty much already out on Santa. I'm like, this is bullshit. I'm gonna write. You sold all your Santa stock. I I wrote Santa a letter. And I'm 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 like I'm just asking for like a humble gift, like a and I was just thinking for like something like, and I literally asked. I'm not even joking. I asked for a dreidel because my uncle, my uncle is Jewish on my <laughs> on my aunt's. You know, my aunt she married a Jewish guy, so he would like celebrate Hanukkah oh. with my cousins. So I was like interested in it, and like I asked for a dreidel, and I did not. I did not get one, and I was like, "You didn't get a dreidel." Did not get a dreidel. <laughs> My parents were like, "No, no dice." I think that fucking ironic request to Santa lands you right on the naughty list. You know, if I'm being True. honest, True. if I'm like, if I'm working as a reader for Santa Claus, I say anything about Judaism, you're in the naughty it list. It doesn't sound ironic. There's no malice that behind was, it that. It was true interest. It was true. Yeah, interest Santa, I want a Jewish toy for Christmas. <laughs> He saw his his reader oh, saw that and was like, oh, I'm not I'm not even gonna reel me this Santa make this. <laughs> no, it was it was like it did seem like a brain teaser somehow. Like, Yiddish you know, me this Santa. <laughs> <laughs> like if Santa's Santa's really a good guy, he'll get me a dreidel. He won't care that it's a Christian, <laughs> like a Christian holiday, you know? Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> Maybe Santa's racist. Maybe that's what we meant. I don't know. He's no. He should be. It feels like he's non-denominational. He's not playing a part in Catholic Protestant stuff. You know, non-denominational. He's not coming to my house. Chris, it's Christmas, JT. I know. I know you're. A, I know you're a good guy. You got a lot of. But it's it's a it's a Christ lovers holiday. Christmas. <laughs> yeah, not a Christ killer holiday. I guess is what you're trying to say. But I knew. I mean, like I I grew up in uh, obviously a place like suburban Pennsylvania, not a whole lot of Jews. Yeah. And uh, the few Jews that I did know had, uh, they had obligatory Santa setups. Like Santa mm. was coming to the Jews in our neighborhood. You probably had more Amish than Jews, right? Wait, wait, wait. I'm not living in the sticks in the hills. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they, We keep those folks separate. Amish are in their own community, right. more or less. That it, there isn't just a random Amish guy living down this. That'd be sick if it's just like an Amish guy, but he's just living 
normal. Like it doesn't give a fuck. Oh. He still dresses up. That'd For a cool. while, uh, my this is going to sound like a fake story too because uh, Uncle Tom, who was uh, <laughs> he had a cabin. <laughs> <laughs> my God. Damn. No, no, keep going. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, my uncle Tom, he was like the oldest dude I knew that was like still dating. Like his wife had died uh, before I was born, mm-hmm. like probably when he was like fifties, uh, sixties, or whatnot. And so I knew him like when he was seventy, eighty unto his death. And he's that dude was still crushing. He was still out there like <laughs> trying to get dates. Nice. And for the longest time, he was dating a Mennonite woman, which is like lazy. Ooh. Amish like they can use like some tech stuff and he would just show up to her like uh, pie stand that he she was at a lot of times and he would let her know like his spitting game was he would be like the shoe fly pie wasn't like it was better last week like kind of like taking this girl out on dates this a 70 year old woman your shoe fly pie is mid it's just like it was better last week back yeah Fly pie is not a thing. Is it is. It? It's like it's a molasses pie. Like it's because that was flies... a cartoon thing. No, no. Flies come to the pie. I mean, I've I've never. I think I might have had it like once or twice. It's like way too like syrupy, sticky. Ooh, but uh, they, you sometimes put a little crumb crust. I'm gonna, thing I'm on if you're looking at yeah, this, yeah, shoe no, fly pie. We, we can I get think shoe fly pie. California is not very strong in pie culture. Not not a place for pies. No. Really, not a yeah. place for pies. No. I also have a story. Now, this might sound like a fake story, but when I was growing up, um, I was given an eight millimeter camera. And, uh, you know, my mom, she took me to the movies Mm -hmm. beforehand and she showed me uh, the greatest show on earth. And the train cash, the train crash, and that just blew my mind. It scared me, but it just blew my mind so much that, you know, I had to get this eight millimeter camera. My dad, he says, Stephen, you must be an you must be a scientist. And you know, my mom says, You can do whatever you want, honey. And so I make these movies. I see my mom cheat on my dad with Seth Rogan. You see her like sexy dance in front of a car light. Well, where I you see just her, call like, it nice saw, She busted down for Joe for Joe Rogan for Seth Rogan. <laughs> Joe we Rogan. Saw her oh yeah. yeah At the campsite, Joe Rogan. She yeah. busted down. At the campsite? campsite, yeah, doesn't she dance at the campsite? Yeah, yeah. Like the campsite, C A M. Oh no, see that's your that's, that. that's your mind, your your dirty mind wandering off again. And so I made a video of Joe Rogan fucking her by the campfire, <laughs> and I submitted it to the Cannes Film Festival, and that's how I became Eddie Spielberg. Eddie Spielberg, wow, man, that's a wow, that's a that's really that's cool. a great story. on to the next segment um we have an email this week uh i am going to open it on my telephone right now isn't it amazing that you can get the tele that you can get emails on your telephone yeah it's pretty cool isn't that something uh this one comes from nolan it says what's up clip boys I'm loving the pod recently, and I've been look on the lookout for a pallet to sell to Home Depot for a few quarters. No luck yet, but as they say, <laughs> it only takes one. 
Now that uh, for listeners who don't know about the palette scheme, you got to go back and listen to that. Oh man, literally the other day at work, I was out like in the back, like there there were like four or five palettes. And That's a change. Like you just see a dollar floating. I was going to like take a picture, but I was like, "Who's this for?" No one. I mean, I could send it to our group text, but like. <laughs> You're like, I, would, I would literally reply with a cash app or like a an Apple cash payment of one dollar. You sent me that four True, pallets, one dollar. So you made bank that day, dude. I'm good. Yeah. So you quit your job. You saw those pallets outside work and you quit your job. Whoa. <laughs> um, I almost called in yesterday with this question. Oh boy, this email was a while back. My bad, dude. Uh, I almost called in yesterday with this question, but I thought it might be better to let it marinate in the form of an email. I've been thinking about cinema's relationship with the act of movie going and how it's been romanticized in movies like Cinema Paradiso or more recently, The Fablemans. Ooh, I didn't even realize that was referenced in the email. Uh, I think Hollywood wants us to see cinema as a place for lovers, but so many of its greatest artists like Wells or Godard were also among the 20th century's greatest haters. And quite frankly, a lot of the directors who preach the magic of the movies don't bring much of it to the table. This makes me wonder. Have you ever gone into a movie theater with nefarious intentions or an ulterior motive or perhaps as part of a larger <laughs> scheme? This could be yeah. a moment where you put your passion for the movies aside or maybe even something you did out of love. Also, if you wouldn't mind explaining the black check beef to some of the newer heads, black I will check. happily go to war with those betas, but would like to know the context. Much love and respect, Nolan. So a couple notes here. So the the black check beef black check I believe blank check is a the, that's the typo there unless um, there's a new one a new unless one there is a new one unless you know if if Griffin wanted to cede his spot on the show to a black voice I admire that you know mm-hmm. but uh, regardless um I you know it's whatever they they suck uh you know Griffin's a goon he talked about me on his Reddit like a worm once and I was like all right you're done you're done to me um that's it it's it's done but like he's done to me too like i feel like you guys this relationship is over oh yeah before it started the beef goes deeper i think the the black check typo is very funny to me because uh i i many people don't know this but i was a pa on a rainy day in New York. Wow. Yeah. Oh. It's a, it was a big gig. Uh, no, some people might think this story is fake. No, no, of course not. We've told many true stories on this podcast today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a PA on rainy day in New York, kind of a pre-production kind of PA. And it was going to be uh, the first all POC Woody Allen movie. Um, well, with and I mean, and they were for diversity's sake, they cast Griffin Newman first as a white guy, yeah. And then he on set was like, I refuse to work with any black actors. Like, uh, <laughs> um, wow, and, uh, that was the, really up. the first the first time I sat, I met and had soured on him. And it's really weird because, like, you, you have to know what you're getting into with a Woody Allen movie, you know, people go back and apologize after, but it's like, dude you are in a Woody Allen movie, you know, there's going to be like 30 black actors on set, right? Exactly. Like, it's that's just how it is on a Woody Allen set. Yeah, it's weird. weird so I, I don't stand for that kind of thing. I think that guy's, you know, it's a little messed yeah. up. 
it's I an mean, anti-racism it's like, thing. Look, it, it's more that just like I want him to get better. Like I'm kind of concerned about him. You know, I see him at the union meetings. You know, the the brothership of podcasters. And yeah, no, it's like he looks like a fucking wreck. Like yeah, no. it, the guy in the sauce a lot. It's also like I get that gambling's <laughs> legal now, but he's clearly losing the farm every weekend. And it's like, yeah, dude, no wonder you're making these decisions. Like you gotta. I just uh, he's got to get a sponsor. He's got to figure his shit out. That's all. Yeah, we're praying for the best. It's oh, like, love and care. It's it's like because I might despise the guy, but you got to think about the loved ones. Exactly. You know? I, I want his loved ones. I know happy. what. Yeah. So actually, his, I I listened to the podcast. Other, it's actually pretty good. It's not that bad. If you've never listened, I never actually listened to it before. It's it's not bad. Uh, so that's part one of that. Um. Okay. So this is kind of weird to me because the 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 big buildup is different than the question i think uh because it's like about the magic the movies and stuff and then it's like have you ever ran a scheme at the movies like yeah i've fucking you know brought my own water bottle in and filled it up at the soda fountain that's a well that's, that's an ulterior motive at the movie theaters but that's still like enjoying the movie like the way i read the question it's like are you going to the movies to get something else so it's like the only scenario I could get I some, actually you know what get some I mean, well, literally, literally, yeah, literally only yes. scenarios dates dates <laughs> and well here's another one I remember in high school you know I, I mean I guess still but like I would smoke a lot of weed and I wouldn't want my parents to know that you know I'd come home high I had a fear so sometimes I'd go catch a movie instead of coming home immediately or something yeah. you know wait till they go to sleep so you can so, smell like, like I, poppy corn instead of pot yeah. and corn it's yeah <laughs> It's it's like I remember going to like um go see like spotlight at like eight PM <laughs> with like a with like a bunch of like geezers and I'm just like <laughs> like almost falling asleep in the theater, you know what I mean? But it it was just just me and like seven old people seeing Spotlight on a Saturday, you know. Dude, so, I fucking saw Spotlight on my 21st birthday. I turned up. Turn like, up. I, <laughs> I left community college midday to have a, my first legal beer, came back and went to another class and then drove to the the uh, now it's like a regal, but it used to be the Arclight in Sherman Oaks and had a beer across the street and went up and saw Spotlight. And I was like, well, that was a very sobering movie. And uh <laughs> Yeah, that was a real a real nadir in terms of birthdays. Like I usually just don't even celebrate, but like that one of me trying to make it a thing made it so much worse. I can't believe of all the movies, like there wasn't anything else. <laughs> like you going into that, you know it's about molestation. <laughs> it's about journals. Like, okay. Well, Eddie With wanted key, to know a pretty key molestation element, certainly. <laughs> sure, yeah. Eddie wanted to know adult responsibilities. He <laughs> yeah, just turned exactly. twenty-one. He wanted to know <laughs> like, the seriousness going of being into an the adult. Church, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was considering moving to Boston. You know, and you're like, oh wow, I guess I can't do that. Yeah, the spotlight. Ulterior motive. I mean, I guess it could be like for hate watching. Like I've gone to movies that I knew I wasn't going to really like, yeah. because of movie pass. Or yeah. uh, the AMC A list, where it's just like, yeah, fuck it, I'll go. The ceiling is like three stars, you know. But like, and usually when I say the ceiling is three stars, it means I'm gonna give it two, uh, and, or or even lower. And I have a lot of those, but like, that's not. I don't really quite put that as ulterior motive. I guess unless the typical motive is to go have fun at the movies, yeah. the ulterior motive would just just to see something, you know. Well, yeah, no, there's. 
I don't know. It's, this feels like a, I was saying to you beforehand, Eddie, a sitcom ass question. No, I don't think in my life many people are doing like wheelings and dealings and movie schemes. Again, like uh, the closest to some type of scheme uh, uh, was over the, I guess maybe last summer now, like seeing the Marvel Thor Love and Thunder. It was a hot day and I wanted some air conditioning. Yeah. It was that was the mm-hmm. scheme. It was an A list thing. I was like, I'm going to walk out of this at some point, but, but you need to cool off. For need a to bit. cool off. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. A good movie theater scheme is, especially if you walk in with kids or something, you can blame it on their stupid asses. Like, you know, get your concessions, get like one pretzel and one icy, and bring it into the theater, and then come back and be like, my fucking kid dropped the pretzel on the floor and stepped on it and spilled the icy <laughs> everywhere. Can I get another one? <laughs> yeah wow this is this is from that's the, the book almost of, uh, like the, the yeah. palettes yeah <laughs> the fucking a hobo's guide to the universe <laughs> i can teach you how to get a warm meal for free man <laughs> yeah no and if you go around back to the dumpsters behind the theater at the end of the night there's usually a whole tr- Big full of popcorn, and oh, sometimes it's back so like warm. I'm scared that you were gonna make fun of my uh, walk through the exit backwards routine. Oh, which is the easiest way to get in the movies for free. <laughs> walk through the exit backwards. That's I've never heard it described like that before. Oh. That's that's like that's like a that rules. That makes it like a artistic or like a sport skill or something like that yeah yeah <laughs> i you know dad, I, I, my dad taught me that technique when i was younger and i've always thought it was the funniest thing to imagine just like a guy trying to walk backwards through seeing people walk the other way and just, there's no way it works you know? but my dad but swears that is how he snuck into like everything growing up which is like Clearly, the security people just saw him and was like, "All right, that guy is mentally challenged. I'm not gonna." <laughs> he's moonwalking into the theater, man. He's he's psyched on movies. Uh, you commit a crime, and you're like, "I'm gonna go catch a movie yeah. to like lay low or something like that." But that that's like a you know if this uh, if the question's a sitcom question, that's like a movie like a crime movie ass answer. You mm-hmm. know, I've never I've never done that before. I've never yeah. you know so retractable coin at the uh retractable dollar oh, at the movie theater arcade yeah true course, that I, i'm more i'm trying to run some more arcade schemes yeah. rather than in the theater you know i'm trying to get a ton of plushies yeah the theater is my professional space i'm not trying to run schemes speaking <laughs> of schemes being run at the theater with a list they're like sometimes you, i think by the amc law they are supposed <laughs> to uh check your id yeah to make mm-hmm. sure you're not running any schemes and it really pisses me off when they do check my id there's like a, there's one guy at the philly fashion mm-hmm. district amc where i see this motherfucker i know he's checking my id yeah. it's like what are you doing man this yeah. is the like why are you doing why are you why are you being a slave to the amc <laughs> like this amc, AMC law horrible dude i i need to find the decent one around here the one i went to recently the uh Broad Street Seven. There's oh, that like, one's awful. There's just like holes in the screen. The you like, 
You actually went to that really glory hole in the screen. (laughs) Like in the corners of the screen, you just see right through it. It's like, what the fuck, dude? And the bleed is horrible. Obviously, I heard Taylor Swift the whole time. And the fashion district AMC is the good one. That's the good one, quote unquote. It's the one where they I mean it is is the the Dolby room. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. That's good to know. That is good to know and that i think is going to do it for this week's extended clip uh no malcolm in the middle this week because frankly i haven't been able to watch movies i've been a very busy boy i can tell you about it if you want i don't know if you want that i think you'd rather have 10 minutes of silence uh i could tell you that i went to los angeles last week and i was supposed to work out there and instead i got sick and i was throwing up and had a high fever the whole time coincidence malcolm was the last person i saw before i fell sick super spreader yeah (laughs) still 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 spreading it after all these years i think what really got me sick was uh malcolm and i watched notre dame usc and i watched Caleb williams fucking (laughs) eating a dog turd on national television for three hours straight um because that's what made me made me feel like i ate dog turds you know um but we ate good food yeah, I missed food. It was good. No, I just, I just, was, yeah. I missed oh, yeah. Los Angeles Mexican food. That's all. Totally. No, you're, that's I mean, not what got me sick. Yeah. You're not we're blaming good, it on right? the food. Yeah. The tacos are good. Not me, but I, I, I have a very strong immune system. I've like, a, that's true. You're strong. You know I mean? you're strong. It's not, I'm not you strong. Have beta, you, have, you take beta blockers, right? True. That's, I take all that uh, alpha medicine so I could become like Bella Lugosi and Dracula and have <laughs> a light beam appear over my eyes in, in real life. I want to take enough nootropics where I, I'm able to do that with my brain. Nugenics. Nugenics. Frank Thomas. I'm Frank Thomas, and this is Nugenics. <laughs> I'm trying to get on the new. All this new medication they got coming out, it's probably good, it's probably good stuff. You got to get on it. I think it was very bold of them to call it Nugenics. Like, that is maybe the most problematic name for a medicine i've ever heard of uh but hey it worked for some people in the past eugenics so maybe the new (laughs) version will too unfortunately the average sports fan is too dumb to not to know what the the word eugenics means so it works out for them (laughs) speaking of the iq uh low iq community and that yeah my mom's like boyfriend when i was like 14 he was like a day trader and his biggest holding was in eugenics (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was like yeah eugenics is just gonna blow up like i wonder if he did, did not do well he did not do well I, I haven't seen as many commercials lately so yeah i don't i don't know about that yeah it's funny that they still trot out uh the big hurt once in a while for it it's like oh shit he's still doing the eugenics thing even though he's like 70 and looks awful <laughs> they didn't work eugenics didn't <laughs> work <laughs> All right, well, that is going to do it for this week's extended clip. Um, All I can really say is we'll see you on the Patreon next time for something. Oh, you know what we're going to do next time is talk about some more new releases. Uh, So that's the thing. Patreon's where we hide the saucy stuff. Uh, For $5 a month, you will get an extra episode every week. But the last one was about killers of the flower moon and the next one is going to be a little roundup of stuff that malcolm and jt are seeing at the philly film fest and the afi film fest and i will try to get my hands on some links for some other festival titles you know recently and we'll we'll do a little uh new release uh round table for the for the next episode yeah we're done giving it away for free we're every good thing we do on this podcast paywall i stopped giving it away for free once i had to pay for the clinic (laughs) Yeah, it's pay to play. 
Yeah. We're here for sale. <laughs> oh, and $15, you can tell us what to watch. Right? Oh, yeah. That oh, is very that. true. We have <laughs> not just talked about go- that. <laughs> well, it's time to talk about it again because that's yeah. going to happen next month. November Ooh. is the return of the extended clip executive decision. Uh, our fan selected, I don't like calling it that, our executive selected, our executive decided film uh, for November will be Raul Ruiz's Mysteries of Lisbon. Oh, yeah. I've never seen I've never seen a Raul Ruiz movie. Have, well, have you you're guys? starting with one that's five hours long. So, oh, five hours. It's, it's, They're it's getting their money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right? They're really getting their okay, money. Okay, you motherfuckers. Uh, th- no, it's really funny because it, the, the person who donated it is fa- friend of the show, Laura Jacovis, who has her own podcast about movies, who had us on to talk about a three plus hour movie already <laughs> once a few years ago. So Laura, she just loves making us sit down on a couch for three to five hours at a time. And you know what? That's what the movies are all about. So I, I have nothing wrong with that. We got to work for our money. You know, what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, I, exactly. that's what we got to do. So I'm re- let's get to work. I'm bringing we, the we got off easy with Popeye, like a two hour yeah. Robert Altman movie. Oh, my God. I do yeah. that every day. It's like, you exactly. know, but if you're paying the big bucks, make us do a Ruiz yeah. movie. My that's life fine. is damn Popeye. I'm I, ready to go. Ruiz, <laughs> and I'm not letting the shit glaze over me either. We're going deep like this. I, I read a little bit about Mysteries of Lisbon, and it's an insane premise. And like, it's going to take a lot of work to figure out this movie. And we're the ones to do it. Excellent. I think um, we can do it. In other news, I will also plug the Art and Sports podcast. This is my other podcast that by the uh, time you're hearing this episode, the pilot episode is out. And uh, it was a preview of the NBA season, which has now started by the time you're listening to this with my friend Griffin. And talk a little bit about some movie stuff, too. Uh, that's all. I'm, I'm not going to cross streams too much. I just want to get that out there for once. And uh just letting you know, subscribe to that. I'll have a new episode every week of that. But that is the last time I mentioned that podcast. We are still committed 1000% to you here at Extended Clip. Are we starting a new ringer? Is that, is that, you know, who the, the listeners don't know? We might be. I'm trying to get bought by the ringer, but yeah, yeah, you know, just kidding. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Either no, way. I, I mean, hey, who knows? Who knows? We could we could be launching a myriad of podcasts, you know, uh, but this one will be on its own RSS feed. So you'll find that pretty easily. Um, all right, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.